Oh, when did you start drawing? Oh, about an hour after my pulsating shower head broke. <laughs> Woman's gotta have something. That drawing is great. It's Al. It's so real, the drawing needs a shower. It should be in a magazine. You know, there's a new women's magazine just starting that came into my bank for a loan. I bet I could get them to use this. What are you going to call your new cartoon? Mr. Empty Pants. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. We're not cartoons, we're real people. We are in the nudie bar. My name is Al. You know, I don't like to come here too often. You know, the, the the smoke in this place, it just wreaks havoc with the pH balance of my hair and my skin. I, one day a week, we'll do this show, and that's about all I could do. <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> but it's so, that's so accurate, though, because of your hair. <laughs> you and Aaron Duncan. <laughs> I'm Jamie. Quoth the Raven, Demi Moore. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And we have a special guest on the show today, Tyler. Hi, folks. I'm Tyler, and I am the sex symbol of the 90s. Wow, 30 years ago. Well, that's great. I could wear huggies like nobody's business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are reviewing Mr. Empty Pants. Peggy's unflattering cartoon makes Al a reluctant celebrity. This is Season 7, Episode 16, original air date, February 14th, 1993. Director Jerry Cohen, writer George Tricker. Special guest stars... God, there's a lot. (laughs) Cynthia Zygetti is Bertha. Steve Bean is Steve... Kane DeVore as Man, Brian Jensen as Antoine, Jack Kenny as f- Fredo, <laughs> <laughs> Christy Ducati as Candy, Avalon Sanders as Sandy, Jane Halskov as Mandy, Arthur Hankett as Anchorman's Voice, Evelyn Anders, who, um, she was an original member of the Swedish Bikini Team, uh, which appeared on the gas station show, and she was the only missing member in that episode, so she got to appear on Married with Children here. I wondered why I she looked a tad familiar, and I'm like, because I probably saw the arrest of this bikini spot on the last time I was there. <laughs> you said Evelyn Anders. I heard Evelyn Anchors, and I was Ooh. like, I didn't see her. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was she like 98 there? Uh, so a side note, um, if anybody remembers the Weenie Tot episode in season five, Flopsy, the secretary, turns out that she was mauled by pit bulls. Her real name is um, Heather Elizabeth Parkhurst. And Jamie, you read that somewhere, right? Yes. Yeah, they were her own. She'd been feeding her. She'd been feeding them uh, Weenie Tots for like years and they got fed up with it. Like, (laughs) uh, (laughs) 
Is that what happened? I mean, it's possible. You know those weenie tots. Now, but seriously though, I uh, I don't know how her current state. I haven't read any updates, so I hope she's okay. Right. The sad thing is that uh, we had to record this episode ahead of time, so this probably was a month ago. But uh, we still have her in our uh, best thoughts. This episode aired on February 14th, 1993, and that was Valentine's Day. So the promo for this episode, uh, it's a whole Valentine's Day, you know, uh, theme. So... Valentine's Day was, of course, uh, a few weeks ago, so we just missed it. Uh, we were pretty close, though. Spend Valentine's night with the ones you love. First, Fire Marshal Bill is cooking up something special. There's a finger in mine. <laughs> On an all-new in living color. Then... Love means never having to say you're sorry. Unless the one you love forgets your gift on Valentine's Day. Rock Live and Al Bundy Mail Centerfold. Where are you going? Well, the shoot's next week. I thought I'd show. Why wait? An all-new Married with Children. And catch special appearances by Martin Lawrence all night long Sunday. Here's something interesting. So, Al and Peg walk into the beauty parlor. This set appeared in Season 4, Episode 5, He Ain't Much But He's Mine. That's right. You remember that? That was your second episode of the podcast. Absolutely, I remember that. Yes. It's called Clip and Curl, and there's like a big, gigantic S ampersand with a pair of scissors through it. So I guess it's Clips and Curls. (laughs) And it is the same exact one from the uh, He Ain't Much But He's Mine. Now, did you guys notice as soon as they walk in, there's a lady with peg hair sitting to the <laughs> to the left of them as they walk in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is where they work the magic that makes you look 55. <laughs> Just stand still, Al. What? What? I'm trimming your nose hairs. <laughs> you know, you have to keep them nice and even or you'll get split ends. <laughs> All right, honey. Now give me money and get out of here. I can't possibly relax with you around. Besides, I don't bother you at work. Don't bother me here. Oh, that's what you call it now, Peg? Work? Al, my job is to look good and feel good. You know how soft I am. Well, actually, you don't. But I know how soft I am, and believe me, I'm a delight. Uh, uh, excuse me here. I want to uh, prepay. How much for the 100,000-mile overhaul? And, uh, while you're working on it, can I get a loaner? Got anything in the back that has that new hooter smell? Just pay the man and baboon away to work. That'll be $300, sir. $300? She didn't cost that much when she was new. It's $300 in 1993. Have you ever spent anywhere near that? Like if you're going to a wedding or something like that? No, I try to not go to weddings. I don't like them. <laughs> that wasn't but, the question. <laughs> I know. But typically when I go to I go to the salon, make sure Brian's not listening, I spend... Um, It's $200 or less. Like, it'll be. Wow. I would say $200 is the maximum amount I've ever spent. I mean, 
and that's about left. 300. And now he's looking at me. He was listening the whole time. Hey, you know Ooh. what, Jamie? You can tell Brian that's about, if you do the inflationary calendar, which I did for this episode, that's about 370 less than freaking Peg. Ugh. Ah, there you go. But $574. Like <laughs> oh, is that what it is? That's what from 1993 to now, $320 equals to about $575. Oh. Well, Al wants to know what $570 buys. So he starts flipping up all those hair heaters things. You know, the what is that called, Jamie, where the women sit in that? It's, a, it's actually called a bonnet dryer. Yes. Oh, okay. Great Caesar's ghost! <laughs> I mean that literally. Well, now this one's a little more reasonable. Dollar a chin. <laughs> you know, you people ought to be ashamed of yourself. Who but a woman would spend time in a place like this? Hi, Al. He owns that reveal. Like, any other man pl- doing this joke that I could think of would not be able to look so comfortable and at home in a beauty salon than Tim Gintley does. <laughs> and, and and he's wearing pink and he's still okay with it. It looks good. He looks good on him. Like he's like, ah, I'm just, it's just another Tuesday for me. Like what? <laughs> he's like the only guy who could still be cool while sort of doing wussy things. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting with him. Like you can't hate him for some reason. No. I don't know why, but it's fa- I wish I had that much charm, but uh, people find it pretty easy to hate me. I love you, Alex, but I I don't think you would bode well on the love boat. Like. <laughs> no, I'm not a good photographer either. You would be in the lifeboat rowing away in episode one. Like, I'm out. They would maroon me on an island. <laughs> hey, how about those bulls? Well, they'll be all right as long as I got Jordan. No, no, not them. Talking about those two under the dryers. <laughs> the reason he even said this is because Michael Jordan was a big topic at this time. The first time he retired was on October 6, 1993. Jordan announced his retirement, citing the loss of desire to play the game. Jordan later stated that the death of his father three months earlier also shaped his decision. Um, his dad, if you guys remember, it was a big news story. His father was murdered on July 23rd, 1993. Oh, really? Yeah, at a highway uh, rest area in Lumberton, North Carolina, by two teenagers, Daniel Green and Larry Demery. And they carjacked him in his Lexus, basically just stole the car and his stuff and dumped his body in the swamp in California. And it was And it was discovered in... August. Oh my God, that's so. I heard of the death of Michael Jordan's dad on a, I don't know, like a radio show or something, long time ago, and they just said he died. His died of a auto related incident. No, that's a murder. That's a murder related incident. Like, no, he didn't crash. Like, they was killed in his car. Like, yeah, he was pulled out of the window, but a murder related incident. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that should be, at the very least, people should be aware of that. Like, wow. The Bulls won three championships in a row, and then when Jordan retired, they did not win. Scottie Pippen was the new top guy because he was, like, one of the greatest basketball players ever, and he was on Jordan's team, but 
he got the Bulls to the playoffs when Jordan wasn't there, but he did not get them to win any championships. I think they kept getting knocked out by the Knicks during this time. They just needed that one more piece of the puzzle those two years. So uh, Al was right. As long as they got Jordan, they'll be all right, and they were not all right without him. But luckily on March 18th, 1995, Jordan announced his return to the NBA through a two-word press release, I'm back. <laughs> Well, the Bulls went on to win three more championships when he returned, so that's pretty cool. What are you doing here? Yeah, I'm getting the macho package. You know, the hair, nails, and facial. We call it the bogey. <laughs> I mean, I'm a topless dancer, and the smoke and the bark and wreak havoc with the pH balance of my hair and my skin. Oh, once the hair and the skin goes, well, I don't have to tell you. <laughs> Now, Jefferson um, references his job. Do you remember what his job is? Well, last time we saw him work? He's yes. a topless dancer, yeah. Yeah, so Jefferson complains about the pH balance of the hair and the skin and these bars. That's just, that was always so funny to me. And sometimes I lose sense of reality and I throw these jokes out as if, like, no one's going to get them but me. You know, and it just ends up making me look weird. And I'll I'll like repeat that line and I'll be like, eh, you know, like I'll goof as if I care about my hair that much. You know what I mean? But then somebody is going to recognize it eventually and it's going to be all the better. Nobody ever recognizes any of this stuff. Dude, I'm still buying Christmas trees with the Griswold's Bears hat on and nobody's noticed yet in 10 years. You know what? (laughs) I feel you. I still hang up a wreath with beer cans on it and. People think I'm just intentionally being sloppy or anti-Christmas. I'm like, does no one remember? It's so great. She finishes drinking it and puts it on the tree. Like, let's hang it up. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nobody remembers anything like this. We are just people. We are a dying breed, man. No one cares. So Jefferson's getting the macho package. You know, the hair, nails, and facial. We call it the bogey, he says. <laughs> so, of course, that's Humphrey Bogart who, uh, you know, he had that macho image, and he took care of himself, too. You may not remember him, people, if you're not 50 years old. Hey! (laughs) Sorry, Jamie! Jamie's not 50, but she remembers. Yeah, oh yeah, make sure sure that that, that everyone gets that. I'm not 50, but I do remember. Yeah, I made sure. Now, Bogart had a trademark uh, lisping way of speaking because... He he had this scarred up area of his mouth, which is what Jefferson was like doing the impression. Remember, he was like moving his lips weird after he says all that. That's what he was impersonating. I when I learned that, it made it impossible for me to ever not see it in every movie I see him in. Like I always thought it was just a, a way he acted. I didn't realize that it's to cover that. Like that that's awesome. Hmm. So Al's going to roll back flesh on an ankle trying to find a foot. That's pretty gross. I mean, <sighs> he should get a, a different kind of pay for a job like that. But Oh, man. Cronenberg shoes. <sighs> so Al, yeah, yeah, body horror. <laughs> I've seen about enough. Pick. I'm going where a man belongs. Crouched on his knees in front of a fat woman selling her shoes. <laughs> Rolling back the flesh of the ankle trying to find the foot. <laughs> Who cries for my pH balance, Argentina? 
he also mentioned he said pretty much the same line, right? And we'll follow the sun. I don't know. I blocked that one out. Ooh, Jamie is still going after that episode. Uh, the uh, cries for uh, PH balance, Argentina. You guys know what that's a reference of, of course, right? Yeah, don't cry for me, Argentina from Evita. Yeah, I mean, not everybody's going to know that, but I assumed you guys did. Yeah, we mentioned all that in the season. And you know, yeah, in the song, you guys know, but did you guys mention why the song, what the song's actually about? Like, No, what is it? It's about, um, it's it's, uh, based on the life of Eva Perón, first lady president of Argentina. Nice. Look at you. You're a regular Jerry Hurry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Best compliment you could have given me. I just, <laughs> I just assume people know stuff, so I don't, <laughs> I don't go that deep. But. I assume you know stuff, but I mean. All right, there you go. Do what you can with it, and uh, what you can't fix, just uh, slap a coat of paint on. <laughs> oh God! I hope he never finds out that half this money is legally his. <laughs> Of course, I should get more. I mean, I gave everything to him, including my virginity. (laughs) There's speculation here, obviously. Um, You know, Al says, who would marry her if she wasn't putting out to the angel and it's a wonderful life? Oh, I've always wanted to ask you guys. Do you guys think, mean girl style, was she a half virgin or a full virgin with Al? Well, Jamie would have to answer that. I don't watch Mean Girls. Oh, you don't recognize? It? Oh, please, Jamie, tell him. Like, I have I was no half idea. A bird? What? You didn't see the movie? Oh, it's so great. No, I've the seen the movie, the, the, but I don't. Oh, I've when seen she's the movie, crying, I don't when the mean, mean, mean girl like is crying on her bed, and she's like, because she gets broken up by her boyfriend, she goes, "Oh, oh I was half a virgin when I met him." I assume it's a reference to like oral, but I, I don't know. Oral or anal? That's the best part. Like it means like died. Didn't do everything, but I did some things. <laughs> yeah, I think the guy's junk went somewhere. We just don't know where. If Peg, could, the football team, could retire her jersey, that means they either broke up and got back together at some point, so uh, she could do all that, or it was just one night of fun and nothing serious, and they hooked up again later on later. And that's how they got married. I just had a horrible realization, Alex. That you're on this podcast. No, no, no. I, 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 I stake my claim on that one. What is <laughs> remind remind everyone again? Uh, what number jersey Al's jersey was? Uh, Thirty three. What? Mm-hmm. So if she could retire, if that team could retire her jersey, then twenty, then thirty two other people got to see her first before she got to Al. What? <laughs> is that what that means? No, it's it, it's oh. not. It's a, it's a good joke, though. <laughs> I was like, don't tell me that, because I had a girlfriend who did that one time. And it was oh. horrible. <laughs> hey, if you were number one, you would have felt more special. <laughs> you, you're number 30. 37. Oh, thank you. Okay, thank you. I couldn't remember the exact na- name, the number yeah. from that. <laughs> 37. Wait, how did you know? That's what That's what she... How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> All at once? Oh, when did you start drawing? Oh, about an hour after my pulsating shower head broke. <laughs> Woman's got to have something. Now, was this the Mel Gibson shower head? This is the pro version that also, like, screams uh, freedom. 
and vibrates <laughs> while she uses oh. it. Because, uh, well, Peg was going to, she will be getting a new nozzle in uh, season seven, episode 22. So she she will be filling her time in the meantime, I suppose. But um... she should have the Hugh Grant one if it's the mid 90s. She should have the <laughs> Hugh Grant shaped power head. Of course, Al has given me no encouragement. Not even when I drew him a picture of his favorite dinner and left it on the table. <laughs> he ate it and said, next time, draw it hot. <laughs> so Peg starts drawing. Um, when she flips that, pa- that page around and shows the drawing of Al standing there with the flowers being killed by his smelly socks, does anybody here think that Peg Bundy would be capable of drawing such a picture in any way, shape, or form? No, no, but I love the idea of her actually secretly having that talent. That's a great talent to find somebody that like you've never noticed, and all of a sudden they whip that. Like, imagine if Brian—I don't know, Jamie—I don't know what Brian does. Maybe he is an artist, but like, if all of a sudden you look over and Brian's just doodling at dinner or something, and you look over and he's doodled that, and it's that good, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you'd be like, "Wow, what the uh, heck? Okay. Where'd this come from?" Yeah, like, oh, it's just something I do. Whatever. <laughs> it's funny. Peg drew Al food and uh, put it on the table, and then Al ate it and said, next time, draw it hot. Al ate paper in, in episode three, Everybody Has a Birthday. So Al's eaten paper two times now that we know of. <laughs> hmm Yeah. So the drawing. Now, obviously that drawing looks a lot like any type of funnies you would see or something but it really really looks like the lockhorns are you either you two familiar with that comic strip oh yeah of course i was uh doing just searches through general like comic strips cross-referencing empty pants and different other names that i know of and the one that popped up most common was the lockhorns and just the way the man looks, the husband looks, and the also the way the wife can look when they're just, like, flabbergasted is very similar to the way uh, Mr. Empty Pants' face looks in most of the drawings that we see. Ah. <laughs> so um, me and my sister have shared this scene with each other a thousand times. For some reason, we find it really funny, Jefferson's delivery. So anytime we watch this episode, we'll get a text from each other, and it's a video of this. I swear, these men just think that our lives are one big ball. You know, we are so unappreciated. Now take Marcy. She's always complaining. Why isn't my dinner ready when I come home? Hey, because I'm busy, bitch. (laughs) Hey, because I'm busy, bitch. Oh, I love that. I loved that so Uh, much. I died. No, why? (laughs) Because this show gets crap for having like to- literal toilet humor but they don't really go to vulgarity their jokes are usually very schoolyard and or insults are very schoolyard kind of deal like mr empty pants Ba-doom-psh. or like our podcast yeah but to hear him just go shut up bitch i'm like oh because i'm busy bitch That was amazing. Yeah, my sister is obsessed with that. Now, I'll give a little brief history since I said that. It's like, well, why would they do it for this particular episode? Hi, Jen. Hey, Jen. So this was one of the ones I had on tape. 
like when I was recording first runs and stuff. Oh crap! Hi Jen. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized what you said. I'm like, oh crap! That's his sister's name. Oh hi Jen. <laughs> that's the Kelly, the real life Kelly girl. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, <laughs> I have probably watched this episode. I swear, and I, I've said it a lot, but it's because there was a, a few, like a string of them I did this with, probably 40 times. And that is before the DVDs even came out. Like, for some reason, I was just so into this episode. I just found it fascinating, even at 13 years old. I really don't know why, but I just kept watching it through 14, 15, 16, 17. Like, I was just, I don't know, so into this episode for some reason. And now looking back and uh, revisiting this and doing a, a you know, in-depth examination, I see why. Mm-hmm. I, I recognized it even then, that this is so strong. It wasn't in my head, oh, there's the season where they jump the shark, this is that. So I had none of that stuff in my head. I took it for an episode of what it was, and that was it. There's not one wasted second in this episode of screen time. Nope. It's pretty interesting. Like, I'm really glad to hear that, Alex. I am so glad to hear that, because this episode is the only episode... and. Previous listeners who've heard me before will know that I binged the entire show for the very first time like three years ago, all in one sitting pretty much, and then several other times. This was the first and only episode where I watched it and didn't watch the next episode. I rewatched it again right after it. Really? Yes, I... Because I, I felt like, but when the time the episode was over, and I'll come back to this when we get to the end of the podcast, when the episode was over, I almost forgot where we started at the beginning. Like, when we started at the hair salon, I'm like, oh, yeah, this all did start in that dumb salon. Like, oh, my God. That felt like hours ago, days ago, even though this episode's only 23 minutes. It, I, I don't know, because it's such a tight story that hits so hard and every scene just captures your attention you're not wasting any time you gotta immediately go with the next one so yeah right yeah it's definitely one of those episodes and uh i honestly this is another one that i've been waiting to do ever since this podcast started so i'm really glad we're doing this and i'm honored to be on it (laughs) yeah man thank you for coming on thank you for having me (laughs) Mr. Jeffy, Mr. Jeffy. Ah, Antoine, uh, can you fit me in for a three o'clock massage today? Well, I do have a three o'clock appointment, but let us do. Yeah, besides, most women come after me anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh I don't really know what that means. Okay, so for, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe there's something wrong with me, but when I finish, I... You're not done. No, I'm done. (laughs) And like I've said many times, it's like trying to shoot pool with a rope. Like, it's just not happening at that point. So what I'm wondering is, what happens afterwards that would make Marcy then finish? Well, you know, there are other... Oh, you've got more than just the, the... So is that what he's implying? Like he continues on with the foreplay now, and yes, like you, you have more tools at your disposal, Alex. That honestly can be more uh, efficiently used um, to accomplish the task. Yeah, I guess my method is I just wait till the girl's finished. 
and then I don't have to deal with all that because we did all that stuff ahead of time. So I'm not doing it again, especially after all that went down. So I'll just wait until that's all taken care of. Then I'll go, okay, so I'm good. And then I'll f- – so I don't understand any – what he's really saying. I really don't get why you'd want to do hey, that. Hey, hon, make me a sandwich. I'm going back. <laughs> yeah. Well, it could also have a double meaning really because he could mean that they come after him as in they chase him. No, I, I – I mean I'm not saying that's what it means. I'm just saying you – know. Right. You're trying to see why – any other show, Jamie, that would work, not with this one. <laughs> I don't think there's only one reason the writers put that line in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go to another section of this whole joke when he says, can you fit me into the three o'clock massage? Now, didn't Jefferson have a standing two o'clock appointment with Eduardo? Remember in season four, Al on the Rocks, Peg said to him, so you're the two, uh, you're, you're the bitch with two o'clock. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really gonna miss Antoine. I heard he joined the Marines. <laughs> Your guys, you guys are older than me. Tell me, is was this a tired ass joke then, as it is now? The very over flamboyant hairdresser. There is a Simpsons character that's become almost main characterized based on this entire persona. Oh, how you doing since the Simpsons? Mm. Was it tired then or was it just getting started? 27 years ago, I'd say. Or it was at least uh, it was in its flux um, because you've had the – that character goes pretty far back. But I think it, it died definitely had Sandler and Meet the Zohan, but yeah. <laughs> Well, here, this is even more of proof to what you're saying. So he goes, uh, Peg goes, I'm really going to miss Antoine. And then she says, or somebody says, yeah, I heard he joined the Marines. Basically what they're, you know, the implication is it's the don't ask, don't tell policy. Mm -hmm. During um, the 92 presidential election campaign, the civil rights of gays and lesbians with their open service in the uh, military, it attracted a lot of press. And all the candidates of the Democratic presidential nomination supported ending the ban on military service by gays and lesbians. Oh, yes. And as a compromise, the don't ask, don't tell, which to any of the younger viewer listeners right now um, who hear don't ask, don't tell as a negative thing, which it would become eventually, this was considered very progressive at the time and considered a big, almost a win in uh, the equal rights kind of like idea of this. Now it's offensive. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, you don't say anything, I won't say anything. You know, it's as long as no one knows about it. Remember when on MASH, Klinger dressed in yes! drag because yes! oh. he was trying to get... Because he's trying to get kicked out. He's trying to get a Section 8. and like, It's a complete, like, oh, man, he's wearing, he's wearing ladies' clothes. Oh, my God. We could build the whole episode around it. And they, by God, they did. Like, it just, it's a complete, it's a time, time humor that's just gone. Hi, everyone. Woo! I'm Antoine's 3 o'clock. Is he ready for me? I'm sorry, but Antoine is backed up right now. Oh. So I'm shunted aside for some damn blonde hussy, no doubt. That damn Antoine, I have had it with his mood swings. 
I'll tell Antoine you're displeased. Oh, no, 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 please. Uh, I, I've already had two warnings. One more complaint and I'm out. <laughs> I'll wait like a good girl. That's funny. It's like these little, like, uh, this whole underworld of hairdressers, you know, like, you were warned twice and you're off and that's it. And, like, everyone's like, okay, you're that into this? Jamie, I have to ask you, what now, uh, to, uh, give me the very, 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 very first name that pops into your head. The way Marcy is dressed, her hair, her outfit, the way she's kind of sitting and posing herself in this entire, like, episode, who does she remind you of right now? Ooh, I wouldn't know how, I don't remember how she was sitting, but based on her clothes at the time, I thought of Diane Keaton. Thank you. Thank you. I thought the same. I was oh, like Diane. All right. I, was, nice. I was like, I was either, I was like, wait, I was like, oh, Diane Keaton. That's it. Uh, it's one of my favorite Marcy like looks. She is she's sitting with her legs like kind of semi-crossed. She's kind of leaning her body over all the time. And it's like, I'm listening, but I'm also kind of like, you know, not listening, kind of look. I, the way Diane Keaton can do that, you know what I mean? It it's oh, yeah. uh, it's an interesting, I like this Marcy look. Well, that's where Diane got it from. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Peggy. God, what's that horrible smell? Oh, I had Al's wallet. Oh. <laughs> Great. Now I can find out whose face is on the $100,000 bill. <laughs> oh, so what's new? Well, Bertha just lost 35 pounds on that eat-nothing-bigger-than-your-head diet. <laughs> and she has an ice cream cone with like 18 scoops of ice cream on it that is it looked bigger than her head actually but okay this is a flintstones gag like she walked right out of the flintstones yeah that was <laughs> that is just so disturbing but guys don't try that diet try the the thinnergy diet you'll have more success where did she, whoever made that ice cream cone by the way was a master like uh ice cream scooper to get all of them to stay like that wow yeah and and they don't melt fast enough that it just becomes a mess i mean it's just fast she eats it before it melts what company made that cone the stability to hold the weight of that much uh dairy treats like i would love to know how that was actually made i would just i wish i could be on set when they put that all together i'm sure it's just wax and stuff it looks like real ice cream but then if you look at it more than like five seconds it, it, you're it probably right. doesn't it like yeah. <laughs> like wax like candle wax or something marcy notices uh, peg has al's wallet so she says oh good now we can find out whose face is on a hundred thousand dollar bill well the answer to that is woodrow wilson Mm-hmm. Um, large denominations of U.S. currency greater than $100 were circulated in the U.S. until 1969. There were actually de- denominations of $500,000, 5000 $10,000, and $100,000. The $100,000 bill was only used for interbank Federal Reserve transactions, so they were never available to the public no. to buy anything with. So that was just what banks passed back. And do you know what happened after 1969 when they stopped doing that? Uh, people's wallets got thicker. <laughs> oh, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, well, that would be cool. But uh, a certain a certain president, um, I won't say the name, decided to be like, no, it's not gold anymore. It's uh, 
kind of a promise now. Like, America's credit's so good, we will pay eventually that uh, we don't need to make, we don't need to back it. The backing will be our word. And that kind of is the statement of the day. Like, if you look at your uh, dollar bill in your wallet right now, it says this is a federal promissory note. It, we promise it's worth this way, and as long as this country stands, it, it, it will we'll back it. It, it was a big thing that changed, like, the entire economy of America. But that's an entire classroom that class that I could teach. So I'll stop it there. No million-dollar bills, because they're worthless. <laughs> I remember my dad explaining the <laughs> – trying to explain it's... that to me when I was little, because I was like, well, if, if we have a deficit – <laughs> Why don't we just print more money? <laughs> I oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Peggy, that drawing is great. It's Al. Look how she's got the hunch just right. And those taters growing out of his ears. They go so well with the gravy under his arms. <laughs> It is perfect, Peggy. Look how you made his socks kill all the flowers. You know, I just can't get over this. It's so real, the drawing needs a shower. Peg cannot draw that good. I don't care what you write in the script. There's a new woman's magazine called Modern Gale Weekly. It should be in a magazine. You know, there's a new woman's magazine just starting that came into my bank for a loan. I bet I could get them to use this. What are you going to call your new cartoon? Well, how about Mr. Can't Hit the Toilet? (laughs) That could be any man. Be more specific. How about Mr. Al Can't Hit the Toilet? (laughs) Eat your cone, Bertha. Does it need a title? I mean, just looking at him is enough to make you laugh. You know, Peg, you have the look of a woman who just swallowed a canary. <laughs> Bertha, you have the look of a woman who just swallowed a cow who swallowed a canary. And then she's like, you, like, that still fascinates me that these women are willing to sit there. And, and even, even like, she's such a good sport, Bertha, to, number one, have the name Bertha. But <laughs> your kid is not going to be a... Uh... A thin lady if you name your daughter Bertha. I'm sorry. Like You know what's funny is I was just gonna say, isn't it weird how always the anyone named Bertha is always like fat? But my I had a great aunt whose name was Bertha and she was so skinny. She was I'm gonna break the Chain. <laughs> and she had this big beehive hairdo that would it all it was so made her so top heavy that she could barely hold her head up that's how skinny she was well what what a good sport this bertha is to eat an ice cream bigger than her head like not only are you going to point out what i look like but i'm going to act like a pig on television all my friends are going to watch this i'm cool with this like it's fascinating that she never blinks while she's looking at and she just stares right out like, yep, that's right. And Marcy, you look like a chicken. Oh, enough charm. Peg, what happened to my wallet? You took it, didn't you? Of course I did. 
Who else but your wife would go near the back of your pants? I thought we had an agreement. Ever since that time I got deported to Mexico, you promised to at least leave me with a picture ID. Did something happen, Al? Well, I, I don't want to ruin it for you. It'll be on TV tonight. It seems that the television show Cops was filming in Chicago. They have that new oversized graphite nightstick, you know, with the bigger sweet spot. It seems they've been waiting to try it on anybody bold enough to stop in the middle of the street and cry, my wallet's missing. You didn't say, I stole a wallet. He's a shoe salesman. Get him. I think they were looking for an excuse to beat up Al, probably. I think he just doesn't realize that. It's so, that's so mean. There's a few things to talk about here. Cops is a B story in season 11, episode 3, Kelly's Got a Habit. So we're going to see the show Cops on Married with Children pretty soon. Um, but in real life, it was a half-hour documentary reality crime legal television program that premiered on Fox Network on March 11th, 1989. So Cops was a – it was a really popular show back then. It was because um, – I guess people didn't know it then, but they really wanted reality TV, apparently. So anytime they got a little taste of it, whether it was the real world on MTV or cops or even game shows um, are sort of like reality TV in a way. So people really gravitated towards that stuff. And it was a big show um, on Fox. And, of course, the greatest clip ever to be pulled from a cops episode was that dude getting tasered. This is amazing. Check this out. He's getting tasered by the cops. And listen to the sounds he makes. This other thing, this whole thing with the nightstick and Al getting beaten. This is not the first time this happened, if you guys recall. Uh, Sue Casa, his Casa, season five, episode three, Officer Lewis, uh, if you remember, they, Bud messed up Al's um, volume adjustment in his Dodge, so he made some new friends, because Al couldn't hear the siren at first, but luckily the police car is now equipped with rammers that gently ease him into the rail, and luckily the cop was a big fan of the oldies, so he beat Al with his nightstick to the tune of Hey Jude, if you guys remember. <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, at least that one, he was breaking the law by having like the noise being too loud. He just, he lost his wallet. <laughs> but also, he don't forget, he got a ticket for bleeding on the guy's pad, too. I mean, well, yeah, you got to clean that. supposed to shit. bleed on pads. <laughs> oh, no, this was a pad that you write tickets on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ew. Oh, I just got that joke. <laughs> you just got that joke. I'm sorry. They're gross. The other thing were, is better. I'm sorry. Other, I've heard women say thing. it too. I'm not saying it. I heard other. I've heard the, they're good enough for nosebleeds. They're good enough for others. Yeah, Beavis put him up his nose when he had a nosebleed one time. Remember that Beavis and Butthead? Hartman put it yeah. up his butt. Amanda Bynes put it up her nose. I'm on right after Todd Bridges. Nice kid, by the way. <laughs> you talking about Willis? Yeah, Todd Bridges is an actor and comedian known for for playing Willis Jackson on different strokes with Gary Coleman, who's a future two-time Married with Children guest star. Um, Todd Bridges is the only of the three kids 
on, in that show who were still alive today, believe it or not. Yeah. Everyone knows what you talk about, Willis, but I bet you no one could tell you the name of actual the Willis's character except you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, during the 20s, this kid battled crack and cocaine addiction, and in 89, he was arrested for the attempted murder of Kenneth Tex Clay, and he was found, he was acquitted for all the charges. Of course, he didn't do anything. Attempted murder. Just one drum, what might be right for you may not be right for some. A man is born, he's a man of means. a man of means. (laughs) But a long too. They've got nothing about the jeans. Okay, that's enough. So Al says... <laughs> that was really poorly done, and I apologize. My voice was awful. Yeah, Luigi's no longer a fan. We cannot, we cannot <laughs> reference an 80s TV show if I don't think same the theme song. The theme <sighs> so, Peg, if it's not too much trouble, don't ever leave me with empty pants again. <laughs> That's it. Al just named my cartoon, Mr. Empty Pants. Beautiful. Yeah, great name. Amazing. Perfect name. Perfect for Al and the drawings. Really just a clever, clever episode. A beautiful double entendre that the show will make sure to call out just in case you're not savvy enough to get it. (laughs) So two months later, Peg's still at it. Al doesn't even know Peg's doing this. Hi, Peggy. Here's the latest edition of Modern Gal Weekly. Mr. Empty Pants is a smash. I hope you don't run out of material. Oh, not a chance. The only thing that separates Al from an actual cartoon is that he has a thumb. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how he feels being portrayed as Mr. Empty Pants. Ah, gee. You think I should have told him? (laughs) What for? Al will never find out. He wouldn't read a magazine that has woman in the title. Unless, of course, the O had a little nipple in the center. I don't think I ever really hear the term nipple said on TV too often. A nipple. Yeah, nipple. not really. I'm still weird about saying it on this show, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Hey, everywhere I go, people are pointing at me and laughing. <laughs> That can't be a recent thing. Let me finish. Now they're calling me Mr. Empty Pants. Is that some kind of new hip rap term, you know, for full pants? You know, sort of like how bad means good and this means that? That's all, folks. Hey, hey, what you doing, Peg? Duty. Birds breaking duty on his head and then other birds on their branches coming out of his nose. <laughs> Boy, life really kicked the hell out of him, huh? What a loser. <laughs> Who is he? Wait a minute, man. Those sweat stains, that beaten look, that dumb expression. That's Bud. He actually examines it and thinks it's Bud some, for some reason. This is my favorite Al laugh ever, Alex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an abandonment. Like, I'm not caring how anybody... Like, I've heard people laugh like this. Like, bust a gut out laughing. It's really funny. I hate when I do that. I have to have total control of every sound I make. 
Appearance is everything. But you can't, and that's when it's perfect. Like <laughs> No one ever hears me laugh. Well, I haven't said anything funny yet. It, you know what? It Al's <laughs> laugh was a Jamie laugh in a way. I love your laugh, Jamie. <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle loves your laugh too, Jamie. So you're Aww, you're a hit. Annabelle, it's one of the greatest you. things you brought to Married with Children is the Jamie laugh. If it if it gets a Jamie laugh, it always puts a smile on my face. Aww, <laughs> it's a seal of approval. That's so sweet. I actually had on an old podcast that I did years ago. I've actually had um, a, a listener write and complain. I remember that. I'm the one who wrote it. There's that. Oh, I knew. <laughs> there was a, one, one guy wrote and complained about my laugh. And then there was a woman that wrote in and said that it, she called it my attention-seeking laugh. Yeah, you are so trying to get people to notice you with that stupid laugh. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> But this is the point now you're making fun of him. But I won't tell him. It's just our little secret. It's you, Al. <laughs> Me? Well, that ain't funny. I don't want to be Mr. Empty Pants. Thank you for ruining me. Al, you're a shoe salesman. How can you ruin a shoe salesman? It's like dropping dirt on dirt. Besides, it's just a little local woman's magazine. So a few people recognize you on the street and laugh. If Martha Ray and Joe Piscopo can live with it, then so can you. Martha Ray, what a random, what a not, random reference. Well, no, it's not very random, Jamie, actually. Same with Joe Piscopo. I got both of those. <laughs> Martha Ray who died in 1994, just a little more than a year after this, was uh, a comic actress and singer who performed in movies and television. And she made television commercials for Polydent Denture Cleaner, which many people recognized her for and laughed about. And she was known as the, uh, the woman with the big mouth. And she was married seven times also. So that's another you reason I laughed. Yeah. So glad. Thank I mean, you, I know Alex. That she did the denture commercials, but why does that tie in here? I don't know that because you know, like it's like the "Where's the Beef" lady. You just laugh at her, I guess. Well, that's you know? what I mean by random. Like it's such a random. Like everyone knew who Martha Ray was, and everyone knew about the commercials. But um, well, at the time, was she married to? I thought it was Mark Harris, wasn't it? That's it. Mark Harris, right. It was a big joke on Howard Stern that he was married to Martha Ray. And it's like, dude, you're only with this chick because of the money. You don't, you two have never had sex. Like you've heard about, you like, you've heard about sleeping in separate beds. They sleep in separate houses. Like something like that. <laughs> right. So it was a big joke that she was with him. So that could have been it too. And it might have been during this time. I'm not nutty okay. enough to go ahead. Okay. Well, I guess that would make sense. And Joe Piscopo, well, I just know him because a, a comedy like writer um, once wrote that like if you have a, a character's name, his name sounds like a cartoon character because you've got a name that rhymes with his first name to his last name and drops on the O or the ah sound or the uh sound. So like Joe Piscopo in Bababobado, like. Like, it's just a funny name. Like, hey, it's the little Episcopo. Well, it goes deeper than that, believe it or not. I'm sure it does. Well, he was also in SNL. One of my favorite movies, uh, Joe Piscopo movies, is Dead Heat. I love that movie. 
And also sidekicks, yeah. Well, sidekicks I've seen. Dead Heat, no. Dead Heat is awesome. He's in it with Tree Williams, and there you got to see it. It's a zombie it's, movie. Okay, Jamie, it's going to be a hashtag movie of the night soon for me. All right, go. Dead Heat. Thank you. Well, it turns out, guys, he pissed off former writer on SNL, Ellen L. Fogel, which is oh, why... Oh, I know that name. I, I didn't know, know she was SNL, a writer on SNL. Oh. Yep. Which is why Married with Children keeps taking jabs at him. Al has had continual hatred of old Joe for the duration of the show. Uh, For example, in the last episode of season eight, Kelly knows something. Al is rejected as a contestant for a sports trivia game show due to being so unlikable. And his personality is ranked somewhere between Joe Piscopo and the fat kid from Head of the Class. Oh! <laughs> and also, people... And don't forget, when we he first mentioned Joe Piscopo, back when Jerry and JP were on the show, remember I played that clip of that song Kimberly he wrote? on the show to profess his love for his 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 babysitter for his children that he left his wife for oh yeah yeah i remember that huh. and i think he's saying that around 91 so joe piscopo it was mentioned eight times in total on married with children eight times they took a jab at him wow huh. that's like so, me and see, daniel it, harris it is besides most people don't even know it's you just relax and watch tv and on the local scene, a comic strip character called Mr. Empty Pants that started out in a small area of publication is catching on nationwide. It's about a hapless loser who just can't get it done. News Team 56 has found out that Mr. Empty Pants is, in fact, a local shoe salesman by the name of Al Bundy. Are you happy now? No, not yet. The cartoon was drawn by a local woman, Peggy Bundy. (laughs) Now I'm happy. (laughs) It's a great picture of Al picking his ear, sitting on the couch with his hand down his pants. Just really, really captures Al Bundy in a way because it's just him. Um, They expose that it's Al Bundy and, you know, they say local man, Al Bundy, that's who it is. So now everybody knows. Now, can't you handle the fame? I mean, they still call Carol O'Connor Archie. They still call that winky guy the Fonz. You know, they still call the fat girls on the facts of life the fat girls on the facts of life. Oh, come on, honey. How could you not get some joy out of a busload of Japanese tourists taking pictures and screaming out, Me right, empty pants! Well, they found out my pants were so empty when I mooned them. Yeah! The fat girl from Facts of Life. They still call her the fat girl from the Facts of Life. <laughs> and apparently Joan Rivers used to call them, or the show, the Fats of Life. So this was a running gag. Everybody made fun of the fat girls from the Facts of Life. Um, and the Facts of Life is referenced on Married Children time and time again. I think the first time was season two, episode 16, where they were buck out a credit card and they bought all this stuff. And they said, that's how we got the Facts of Life talking scale. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah, if you remember now, just recently in season six, remember, Jamie, there was a run of Facts of Life references. It was always the theme song on TV in the seventh episode of season six. Al was singing along to it. Remember that? Take them both and there you have the Facts of Life. Yeah. The Facts of Life. It came on back to back. Season six, episode nine and ten had the theme song on the TV. It was like really weird that this show just became totally into Facts of Life jokes. I ought to pay him back for Pearl Harbor. <laughs> and everyone knows that's the December 7th, 1941 attack that started World War II for the U.S. Oh, and here we are. Did not mention that Seven's not in this episode. Yeah. And as a kid watching this, thank God that didn't like, as watched it so many times, it didn't mess with my head that he was, that he was there or not. So it's great. I love it. Another sevenless episode. And they've been some of the best ones this year, uh, oddly enough. Have you, okay, has anyone made any comments defending Seven? Not yet. Okay. Like, I can make a comment right now defending Seven. That's okay. Don't don't get the ball rolling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to really get in. We're almost done with this whole thing. So Kelly comes down the stairs to console Al. Daddy, I'm glad you're home. You're sad because people are laughing at you, aren't you? Yes. Well, that and... Because I married your mother. Well, I think that it's the name that's hurting you. You're embarrassed because people are calling you Mr. Dirty Pants. (laughs) It's empty pants. Whoa. That would mean a total absence of genitalia. Beautiful. (laughs) Never thought I would hear the words genitalia come out of Kelly Bundy's mouth. Just go in, but uh, anyway. (laughs) I was about to make that joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Now, do you remember the other time the word genitalia was a huge thing on television and who said it and what show and why? Oh, oh, Mr. Rogers on that uncensored drunk version. No, 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 no. <laughs> Mr. Burns said it. I was waiting. For, I was waiting. Don't worry. Like, oh, thank you for not uh, mentioning my genitalia. No, no. Thank you for not making fun of my genitalia. I thought I She did. goes, I thought I was. <laughs> I thought I was, Mr. Burns. I can't believe it. Those are one of those jokes where, like... I had the DVDs when I was the prepubescent child. Yeah, I didn't even know what he was talking about. Yeah, all the euphemistic jokes like that flew right over my head. Well, anyway, I just think that you're taking the totally wrong attitude on this. I mean, you're like the pessimist who looks at his pants and thinks they're half empty. <laughs> you should be more like the optometrist who looks at his pants and thinks they're half full. <laughs> Get her out of here, Peg, right now. Uh, honey, why don't you go downtown to the Hall of Records and find out what our address is? Okie dokie. <laughs> I'm tired of going down there. This time, I'm going to write it down next to those numbers on the front of the house. Um, now, a bit of trivia. Who knows what the Bundy's address is? Oh, shoot. I do uh, 704 Hauser Street. Oh, wait, no, that's Archie Bunker. Uh, um... 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Eh, 9764 Jeopardy Lane. Dang! That's so stupid. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> God, I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> Just kidding. 
Anyway, Daddy, if it helps any, when I'm feeling down, I just think of this little poem, and it always cheers me up. Once upon a midnight dreary, as I wandered weak and weary, quoth the raven, Demi Moore. <laughs> Edgar Bergen Poe. The whole Edgar Bergen part about it, Edgar, Edgar Berman was a famous comedian and ventriloquist and father of Candace Bergen. See, there's a lot of rabbit holes you can go down looking for this research. <laughs> Miss Empty Head didn't cross your mind, did it? I think Mrs. Empty Head would have been a great comic alongside Mr. Empty Pants. Can't you be happy? For years, you've been absolutely nothing. And now you're the man behind the woman. I always stand behind you, Peg. It's cooler in the summer. <laughs> well, Al, I have a bit of news that just might cheer you up. What, a bunch of spotted owls swooped down and pecked the eyes out of some environmentalist? <laughs> no. I have decided it is time for Mr. Empty Pants to finally break his silence. Now, it has to be something special, short but memorable. A signature, if you will. So come on, honey. Be like Homer Simpson and do <laughs> I'm not a cartoon. I'm almost a human being, damn it. Uh, oddly enough, Al would become the real-life Homer by next season to the end run of the show. People... Always said, uh, even Marcy in our interview with her said, Al became Homer Simpson, a real-life Homer Simpson. This was obviously a, um, this episode was 93. Simpsons was in the middle of their second season at the time. They still weren't getting a lot of press. And this is one of Fox's most popular shows, referencing Fox's slowly becoming popular, but not fully popular yet show. So it's a, a nice little reference and also a, uh, hey, guys, when this is over, uh, check out The Simpsons on Fox as well. <laughs> and Dan Castanoletto was on Marrow Children two times. Mm-hmm. And he is Homer Simpson. I, li- I hear Homer... Uh, Dan as Homer singing the, his version of Mary with Children's theme so many times now that I, I, I think I posted it on the Facebook feed at once. I might post it again. I think we played that on the podcast once. Oh, he's on Modern Family, and the neighbor's name was Ted McGinley. Yep. <laughs> I love that. So, yeah, so 25 years of reference marriage children like that, instead of making fun of them and their skits. Yeah. <laughs> And I want you to stop writing, Mr. Empty Pants. As a matter of fact, I'm putting my foot down. From this minute on, I am no longer Mr. Empty Pants. I am not, not Mr. Empty Pants. Hello. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, I am Mr. Empty Pants. I'll see you there. Well, who's that on the phone? That's Playgirl Magazine, Peg. Yeah! They're going to put Mr. Empty Pants in the centerfold. That's me, Peg. They're saying I'm the sex symbol of the 90s. Did I miss the news? Did every other man on Earth die? Where are you going? Well, the shoot's next week. I figured I'd shower now. Why wait? Any episode, the reason why I love it for every reason, truly begins with the call from Playgirl. 
Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, they want Mr. Empty Pants as the centerfold of Playgirl magazine. It turns out he's the sex symbol of the 90s. Now, I don't know how all that came about from him being a total joke and everybody, you know, whatever. But, yeah, they want the real-life Mr. Empty Pants to do a photo shoot and come off like the sex symbol of the 90s. So, Would you guys like to know who the actual uh, centerfold for Playgirl was during 1993? Oh, my God. Oh yes, I told you I was doing some research here, Al. <laughs> this is I love this stuff. <laughs> okay. Who is it, man? Okay, so the centerfold is a man named Kent Massick. If you haven't heard of him, that's totally fine. He's an absolute nobody. Um <laughs> <laughs> That, like I'm serious. Like he's not even naked at the centerfold. He's like got a button oh, up shirt with his hair like combed back, and he's outside. He looks like he's off the set of the Waltons. And um, also in 1993's uh, Dune um, edition was uh, the cover was Joe Palastar. Guess who else, Jamie? So you can rush right out on eBay and pay the twelve bucks to get it. Aaron Duncan. No, 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 no. John Stewart is in here and played oh, 1990s Playgirl. I love John Stewart. I could not find his picture anywhere. I think he paid top dollar to make sure that would never be out. You gotta buy it, like to see John Stewart's package. What did you say it was like, June 1993. It's oh either God. June or August 1993. It's a 1993 version. Yeah, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> It's yes. like when I used to buy all the Playboys from this show. I was thinking about you uh, when I was searching for this, and I'm like, man, I'm so glad I'm in incognito mode, so it, it's like not going to be sending me lots of updates for this. Like, Yeah, for the rest of your life, you get Playgirl updates. We noticed you bought the Playboy thing from this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe you like this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, you got these three hot girls who come out for this photo shoot. Christy Ducati, Avalyn Anders, and Jane Halscove. And those are the three chicks. Uh, I think they were all pretty hot. Um, Bud was all on top of it. So he said this is – so, you know, basically Bud sees this as a big chance to mani- manipulate these girls. <clears throat> Ladies, allow me to introduce myself. I'm uh, Lauren Michaels, producer of Mr. Empty Pants, the movie. <laughs> producer of Wayne's World, 1993. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne's World, Saturday Night Live, the Late Night series, Kids in the Hall, The Tonight Show. You know, Lauren Michaels is a big deal. I personally hate Saturday Night Live, but... I love that they shoehorned Bud in just for this so he could pay me Mary with Children. I'm in it for the win. Yeah, him and Kelly were not together in this episode. We're casting a very important part, buttocks. <laughs> you all qualify. Now, rehearsal start in the broom closet in five minutes. Hey, wait a second. Just a minute ago, you were the body makeup guy. Hey, babe. I'm going places. Hopefully, this place, this place, and that place. <laughs> So Al comes out in a leopard caveman outfit, uh, ridiculous looking. I don't know how that's a sex symbol. The not, like they couldn't make him look cool at all. Do you want to know what which Playgirl uh, model he is being referenced as? Um, Sylvester Stallone from Rocky Four. Nope. 
Rocky too. The, okay, so the leopard skin, from what I can tell, this is a Marywood Children original that they decided that Ed O'Neill probably just looks good in that. And you know what? I like it. It's the bear skin rug. That's Burt Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Burt Reynolds, what? Probably the most famous mm. playgirl mm. centerfold ever. It was the easiest picture to find. He is just oh, mustache he's every, and all. Everyone knows about his that one. Elbows, yeah. His elbow is on that muzzle of that bear, propped up, arm draped over, hiding his third arm, and just, and just smiling like, yeah, that's right, ladies. Enjoy your bath. Burt Reynolds. Uh, he died recently, about a year or two ago. Yep. Yeah, Smoking the Bandit. Don't watch part two and three if you want to save any minutes of your life before you die. No, uh, two great movies. The first one is amazing. Oh, yeah. They're just the first one. Oh, he is empty. <laughs> okay. EP, these are the girls who will be doing the centerfold with you. I'd like you to know that after the shoot, I'm going to shake every one of your hooters. <laughs> What is he, Harry Weinstein? <laughs> oh, or Harvey? He just got found guilty. Yes, wait, today. Wait, Epstein or Weinstein? Weinstein. Wine. Oh, okay. The bigger the star, the nicer the guy. <laughs> well, uh, empty look. Before we uh, put you on the bearskin rug with the uh, ladies, we'd like a few shots, you know, so we can capture the inner emptiness. <laughs> yeah. Meantime, I think we need some powder on the girls. Makeup! <laughs> Uh-oh. Those breasts are shiny. Take off those tops. Oh, don't worry about me getting excited. I'm gay. <laughs> all right, all right. I think the boys had enough fun. Well, let's go. Let's go. Oh, I gotta get loose. Uh, play my music. Helps me shake my moneymaker. The music, which is happening a lot uh, in this season, uh, is Tough Enough by the Fabulous Thunderbirds, a song that got used in Al on the Rocks, Mr. Empty Pants in this episode, and Till Death Do Us Part, episode 22, which is coming up. It's so funny when you said, let's play the music. I watch all these episodes on um, what, like, usually on Hulu, so I can watch them anywhere, and I always watch them with subtitles. When he's like, let's play my music. <laughs> the subtitle's like, in brackets, the fabulous Thunderbirds. Nuff, <laughs> tough, 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 playing. Uh, just seeing that on the screen just had me falling over laughing before the song started. <laughs> now, Jamie must be thrilled here because Al even does dad posing yes he does and i was waiting for you to bring that up because i knew you would yes. but uh yeah you're absolutely right and they mix it with dad dancing yes they do oh he what's he he's, he's doing the force. duck walk yeah jamie was so turned on <laughs> watching this that she only wished it brought all my fred flintstone fantasies to life were you seeing a lot of the Al Bundy side boob going yeah. on here? I was, seeing a, I was seeing a lot of nipple, like, Janet Jackson slips right here. like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was fascinating. Then he rests his head on this girl's breasts, sticking her with his ear hair. Oh, no, wait. That was the, uh, you got no one to shop around. Uh, yeah, Al probably <laughs> did stick her with the ear hair, though. I mean, he did the same thing to her, right? I never, ever, 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 ever want to see, like, behind the scenes or, like, off and cut kind of stuff, except for this moment. 
I really want to see these guys, Ed O'Neill and this actress, just be like, okay, now I'm going to rest my cheek upon your breasts. Now listen, honey, it's just for the character. I'm not going to get any gratification out of this other than the job well done. If it'll make you feel better, we can have dinner later, but... We gotta have to wear a low-cut top. <laughs> hold it, hold it. Wrap the shoot. We, uh, we have to find another centerfold. Mr. Empty Pants has been killed in the latest strip. On what? On what? 1993 Twitter? Where did this... Like, what the heck? Peg just... Like, what did she do? Did she just run around and, like, threw out articles? Extra, extra, read all about it. Empty pants guy killed off. It takes weeks for this stuff to circulate. Like, in the middle of the photo chat. Like, <laughs> he said it was next week. He was going to take a shower right away. Why wait? Oh, yeah, next week. So this is could, this couldn't have happened. You're but right. But they paid for the shoot in the studio time. They're not just going to cancel, like, I know we shouldn't think too much into this, but, like, it's so, like, and cancel this stuff. And who cares if he died? If you thought he was a sex symbol before, he still would be. I mean, because it's a comic strip. It's not... Wait, you know. who was the sex symbol of the 90s? And he's dead now? I want to read this article. Let me see this picture of this dead man resting his face on these on, this, on these boobs. Like He was dead before the photo shoot. He's more marketable. It's weird. <laughs> okay, girls, let's take a break. <laughs> no, no, don't take my breasts away. Girls, go. Let's go. Wait, wait, uh... Excuse me, ladies. Uh, Bud Bundy here, Department of Makeup Safety. <laughs> if left on, that stuff can kill. <gasps> yes, it must be licked off immediately. <laughs> Believe me, I'll receive no pleasure from this other than a job well done. Now quickly, detop and meet me on the old mattresses in the alley. <laughs> and hurry, hurry! Your chests are ticking time bombs! <laughs> that always, even as a kid or, or something i don't know at some point in my teens no yeah i guess at 13 yeah i just found that to be like the hottest thing ever he's gonna go and take these three amazingly hot chicks to an an alleyway lay them in a mattress, mattress and lick their breasts <laughs> oh my all God. of it no their entire body all of the makeup they have on right I picture, and this is really happening, you know. Like, in the world of Married with Children, Bud got to do this. They all went for this. They walked out with him, and we never followed up on it. Therefore, it succeeded. And by the way, Al, did you notice something very, very special with this scene? Um, we see a little bit of Bud. I've been noticing it with these later seasons. Al bringing Bud to the uh, to the nudie bar. Um, Bud trying things as a man for the first time. We're seeing Al... And Bud kind of Bud turning into a not a mini Al Bundy, but definitely gaining aspects of his father, including negative ones. Well, all negative because it's Al. Yeah, Al's like, all um, right, the boy had enough fun. <laughs> did you notice what he did here when the girls turn and walk out? He turns and looks at Al. He doesn't say it. He doesn't do the noise, but he makes the face. The my favorite. Tee-hee! <laughs> I'm gonna see boobies. Yeah, that's right. It looks like a little elfish grin, but I 
add the tee in there, it, it's it's in there. He he does. He's not Al enough to say tee but he can do that face like his dad. Lecherous scumbags together, like it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, they all listen. They all go with Bud. It's it's pretty a hot scene. Can't believe it. Just this close to being happy. <laughs> Who could have done this to me? Hi, honey. <laughs> Peg, why'd you do it? I had to. I was jealous. I wasn't getting any attention anymore. Suddenly everybody was just talking to you and nobody cared about me. I couldn't handle your happiness, so I killed you. <laughs> You're not mad, are you? I mean, if it's any consolation, you always have me. How much do you want to strangle Peg when she says this? Uh, man, you know how I feel. Like You I, would do it, this it's, to it's Brian. So when you're no, like, absolutely not. So I not. killed you, no. honey. I'm sorry. Are you? No. no. <laughs> you whole, thought about it whole, for two no, seconds. <laughs> my whole life is devoted to his happiness. That's, is he staring at you right now? He's listening closer than he listened to the $200 thing. <laughs> he was, and then he pointed to himself like me. <laughs> How'd you kill me, Peg? You were crushed by a meteorite shaped like a lady's shoe. <laughs> Did I suffer? Sure. <laughs> oh, what do you say, Al? How about a portrait of Mr. and Mrs. Empty Pants? Ah, well, why not? It'll probably be the last picture of us with your head still on. <laughs> they they still have their loving moments at the end, which I love. You know that that's I I always am a sucker for those, uh, kind of like Annabelle. But then at the same time, it's like, what? Can't you just let him be happy for a moment? But because it inconveniences her, because she's bored, because she, you know, she's so selfish. She doesn't want to see him suffer. It's just that no one's paid attention to me. Mm. Pouty lip. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, so she made it so... uh, a meteor landed on Al in the shape of a lady's shoe, which is actually <laughs> brilliant. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so perfect. And I'm not going to tear down other ladies, Al, by making them fat slobs. It's just going to be a big lady's shoe. Right, right. Yeah, so that's like the perfect death for Al Bundy, really. And he said, you know who's really going to suffer? The people who will never get to look at his centerfold. And cut to, they show the cover of the the next issue, and it's Bud as the centerfold, and he's doing that corny pose, the double bicep pose, and he's with the three girls whose breasts he licked on the mattress. Did you guys ever decide how tall David Bastino actually is? Oh, I met him. He's like 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five, five. So he is a... Slightly on the shorter end for a male. Okay, all right. So he's not not super short, but he's on the shorter end. Slightly, dude. He plays tennis on a ping pong table. <laughs> okay, all right. He's short as hell. Okay, he's short. He's a shorty, shorty, shorty. Dude, you can see his feet in his driver's license. Okay, for a short person, <laughs> I have been fighting. I have been fighting. Okay, I am five foot nine. If I'm standing up straight. All right. So I've been fighting the whole like, you know, 
I'm not as tall as I should be kind of deal. And you got and, and you know what? If you're a little shorter, you, it's hard to stay fit because you tend to gain weight faster. And I got to give it to David Faustino. He's looking pretty good in this picture. Like, oh, he looks fantastic. But you know what? It's his job to look good, so I don't give him credit. No, I'm giving him credit, man. That's a hard body to maintain for Bud Bundy. That he's young. It's not hard to maintain. Bud. He's 18 years old, dude. He's Bud Bundy, which means he never eats. For one, and uh, also, um, I, that's funny you should say that, because when I was looking at the cover, I was like, you'd think if Bud knew that his character was going to be, or if David knew that his character was going to be shirtless so often in these last couple seasons, you'd think he'd get a little bit cut. Yeah, <laughs> I would. Well, he's a little, uh, he's a little he's ill-defined. Better, he's better than me, so... <laughs> Yeah, he's ill. Yeah, but you're, dude, you're not getting paid sixty thousand dollars a week to be on a television show where the whole world sees you all the time. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be way fatter if I was getting paid that kind of money. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be eating better. Like, <laughs> how many times are we gonna get beaten with a nightstick with the bigger sweet spot for losing our wallet out of five for this episode, Jamie? Ooh, I'm gonna say I'll get beaten five times. Yeah, I this was fun. I really liked this one, and I had never seen this one before. This was the first time watching. <gasps> so really, yeah, it was really fun. I I love the Jefferson. I just I gotta tell you, I am loving Jefferson so much this season. He doesn't. He's not in it consistently, like as far as the entire episode ever. But when they do show up, Jefferson and Marcy, they just kill it, and. He is, he is fantastic this season. I'm all over him. So that part was great. Uh, even the fact that like neither Kelly nor Bud played anything significant, but and it almost felt like they didn't have to be there when they were, but they had to you know kind of put them somewhere. So, but it didn't feel like it was forced. You know it. Mm. It was they were written smoothly. The scene, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it was great. Family members do, yeah. And then at the end, we have, you know, my one of my favorite things, which is when Alan Pegg are you know being loving. So they took that photo together, and and she said, you know, you'll always have me, which is, you know, kind of a curse and a blessing. Oh yes, it is. But uh, super fun. I enjoy Don't it. remind me, Peg. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> so glad to hear that. All right, Tyler, how many times are you getting beaten with the nightstick that's a bigger with the bigger sweet spot out of five for this episode? Well, this nightstick can beat the crap out of me. I, I would say six or seven if we could do that, but I'll just have to go with five then out of five. It this like okay, like I've said it before. Have You Driven a Ford Lately is my ultimate favorite of the entire show. But this particular episode, just out of just out of sheer creativity, pacing, um, jokes per minute, the way, Jamie, as you put it, the way every character is used so well, even the ones that have really no purpose being in it at all, you could have dropped Bud and Kelly completely and this show would have worked. But that you're right. It, they're brought in, and they're not. It doesn't seem forced, and they're used quite so well. And yeah, it it perfect Al and Peg stuff. 
And I love any time a show goes, and I feel it was positive towards the idea of like playboy, playgirl, uh, sex worker, sex culture. It's it's an industry that produces like billions and billions of dollars a year, and everyone frequences it at some point or another, but no one can ever talk about it. And uh, this is a positive portrayal of that, and I appreciate that. So, yep, five nightsticks whacking me in the face over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is a Hall of Famer. It's getting three five out of fives. Woo! Yeah, I love this episode, man. It was great. It's always amazing to watch. Um, you, A young kid could appreciate it like I did. A teen, older teen, a 20-year-old, a 40-year-old. A 90-year-old. A 90-year-old could watch this and want to lick the breasts, uh, get the makeup off the breast. Like, this is just amazing. Um, Every, I forgot who said it, I think Tyler, they did not waste a minute. There's not a bad joke I could cite out of this. I mean, the, 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 the worst joke was to me was the Kelly Quilf the Raven thing, and even that really wasn't bad. It just wasn't amazing. So that is the weakest part. So if that's the weakest part, that just tells you how good the rest uh, of the episode Kelly being dumb is the weakest? That's really... That's something, like, because <laughs> they're always adorable. <laughs> right. Yeah, but Jefferson, so memorable, because I'm busy, bitch. Sometimes, and I'm going to say that to my wife throughout the week. When she asks me things, I'm going to re- gonna respond that way, just so I could, you know, I'm sure she'll get the joke. We didn't mention um, that, is that the, the word bitch was, that wasn't used too often on, like, network primetime TV. That's a, that's... That's that's not like hell or damn, which Bart well, the would Simpsons say all the time used the it. Simpsons, but like uh, using like that's bitching, but in using calling and referencing a woman bitch is two totally different things. <laughs> you're right, but you're right. Referring to a woman as a bitch is like I, you can't even say like it shocks you and. This show is meant to be shocking, and I'm glad they owned it and continued it. Yeah. It was great. So, um, yeah, amazing episode. I love the comic strips she draws. I love every minute of this. It's just this is a quintessential marry children to show people. I mean, it's just so good. And to be in season seven and this late in season seven – we're at the 16th episode in supposedly the worst season ever. And I got to tell you, I've only hated about – I hated one episode, and I just was okay with, like, two or three. This is really not a bad season, and episodes like this really put it over the top. So, happy to see that. I Can I mention one thing before we sign out, is that this show deserves credit for bringing up Playgirl, because, like, they usually shot stick with their things like Biggins and stuff, but to actually advertise Playgirl, which I feel they had to have this was a actual like very very prestigious magazine at the time following playboy structure of being not smut but very high class artistic photos the photo the poses he al is doing is technically actual playgirl poses but it shows that the writers and the directors had probably seen a lot of playgirl and realized we got to marry with children this up no playgirl centerfold or anything, and I uh, sadly, for the research, I I did I did scroll through a lot of digital copies of Playgirl to see what was going on. Ah, they, that's really weird. 
It no, it's not. It's a reputable <laughs> magazine, Alex. And you, but no, like the men would be uh, like the, the men are just. It's it's more attributing the idea of the fantasy, you know, like like the whole uh, Kent Massick. He's this man from Arkansas who like lives on a farm and loves long walks on the beach and stuff like that. And they're playboying this up because a lot of the audience members who are going to be watching Al probably have never read a copy at all of Playgirl, but also have Al laying on that bearskin rug making all the ladies watching it who have seen it think, oh, I'm going to take up that Burt Reynolds copy of tonight when, yeah. when hubby goes to bed. Like, you know, you know what I, this I reminds like me of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this show was always cutting edge. We went into the whole Playboy thing when we were talking about that episode, too, with Brainy Brandt. So, yeah, absolutely phenomenal episode. Tune in next week. Oh, and before I even say this, uh, great job on your No Ma'am Roundtable Valentine's Day show. We're looking forward to what you guys cook up next. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it was a great time uh, to listen to. Yeah, we've been planning. We've been planning things out. We've got some great stuff in store, and with Alex and Jamie and Dan's blessings, we're going to keep this up and hopefully get more of you awesome fans. Uh, maybe even get you guys into here as patrons and get you on the roundtable and share your experiences with the show. Yeah. That's the way, man. Man, if I was a listener, I'd love to be on one of those episodes. Oh, it's totally right. You should totally pledge. You should pledge more. I'm the guy I am now, and I'm trying to get off of the show. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, tune in next week as we review You Can't Miss. Bud goes on a dating game for nerds. Oh, I already know I love that one. We'll see you next week.